This week on Aliens Explored, we will be discussing The Men in Black. Not the movie starring Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, but real-life otherworldly and unsettling visitors who turn up on the doorsteps of people who claim to have had encounters with extraterrestrials. Is the movie an entertainment based on these alleged encounters, or have people started claiming to have had these visits having seen the movie? This episode of Aliens Explored is dedicated to our explorer of the week, Israel. Israel has signed up to our Patreon and deserves credit for supporting us in our Herculean endeavours. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Aliens Explored and find a tier that's right for you. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Welcome back, listeners, to Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast where we look at extraterrestrials, the craft that they visit us in, the dimensions that they come from, the people who study them, and more besides. I am one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other host, Neil Kelly. So you're going to let me get away with the fact I just stated it as fact that these extraterrestrials are visiting us, Neil? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, just I, didn't to, I didn't want to interrupt your introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, dear me. Well, yeah, no, we, uh, we, we like to keep an open mind here. Um, definitely both of us. Um, hmm. And that works both ways as well. We were talking about, um, uh, we've been talking on the Discord about uh, one of the recent updates to my encounter uh, hmm. with some of the viewers. And, and I put the point out that, you know, it's important, like keeping an open mind. Most people, when they say, you know, you should keep an open mind, what they mean is you should see things the way I see them. Um, but of course, keeping an open mind also means allowing for the possibility of the mundane, mm. from my perspective. Uh, so I, I think we kind of we we balance it quite well here. Well, yeah. I mean, my my default is to try and find a mundane explanation. Mm. Yeah, there often That's will that. be, but not always. Not always. I mean, not always. Yeah, the scientific method. You you gather your data. You you. 
you um, you conduct you experiment with it. You you test it. You test. You develop a theory. You test that theory yeah. with some kind of experiment, and then you arrive at a, a conclusion. You eliminate. You try as far as possible to eliminate extraneous factors, things that might have an undue bearing on your results, and try and come up with how things work or what it. In this case, what it was you saw in your study. <laughs> yeah. Well. Where investigations are still ongoing, listeners, so we've mm. now sent footage to Ben from Central Utah Paranormal. We'll see what he comes back with. Mm. See what he comes back with. Anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss today. No, we're here um, to discuss something even more outlandish. Well, <laughs> now you say that, but actually... Uh, do you know what? I can even segue it through from my encounter. It wouldn't be unsurprising if I had have received a knock on the door to some uh, people in black suits telling me not to talk about it. Because uh, we are, of course, here talking about the men in black today. So I think we're all familiar with the movie. You must have seen the movie, I'm guessing. Neil. I've seen the movie, yeah a, yeah, a long time ago when it was new. So we're twenty-six talking... years ago. Twenty-six years ago, there have been a couple of sequels, haven't there? They have indeed, um... and a cartoon. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is it a Marvel comics thing? It. It was. Was it Marvel? Uh, I think it was. Yeah. Um, it was definitely. It was. It was a. A graphic novel first, and hmm. then that was taken and uh, made into the film with Will Smith. Um, yeah, and they did they do a cartoon about it. I'm sure there was a TV cartoon. Yeah, okay, so. okay. There's definitely been a couple of sequels to the movies. Uh, I mean, they're entertaining, um, and it <laughs> raises awareness about the men in the actual real men in black. Does it though? I, I thought um, it did exactly the opposite. <laughs> this is a this is just a fantasy stuff. This is all you know, oh. they're, they're these men in black who come from Roswell, and yes, they they they, they know all these aliens. They're all from different planets, and the they're friends with them, or they they hunt them down when they go rogue. Um, they uh, Tommy Lee Jones stops off at the newsstand to pick up his copy of the National Enquirer because that's where all he guesses all his intelligence. <laughs> all that stuff is true. Um, yeah, I thought it was just a, a, a funny spoof. So, I, but what you're saying is there are actually men in black are. knocking on your door when um, you, you 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 report something. Well, I'll cite some examples, some cases where this has actually happened. Um, But are you suggesting that, and I I quite like this theory, um, that the movie is an example of disinformation by the media uh, in in very much the same way that Boris Johnson, um, and in this bizarre interview he did once uh, following Brexit, Start talking about as a hobby, he used old crates and turned them into London buses, models of London buses. It was like the most bizarre, batshit crazy interview ever. Hmm. And and he looked like an absolute lunatic uh, when doing it. But the idea was behind it, and it didn't work. Well, was it, your theory you, is, yeah. Okay, my theory, my theory is that if you Google Boris Johnson bus, that this would have come up as the biggest thing. Not the one where he lied to the public 
about giving money to the NHS that we were sending to the, the EU, famous which Brexit we weren't. Bus. Which, we he, he's, giving. which uh, anyone who's been foolish enough to be associated with Boris Johnson has since been thrown under. Oh, yeah. Um, did it work? So, did did that ruse work? Is that what no, comes up that, when you Google Boris Johnson buses? It, it didn't, but I can't think of any other reason why you would come up with something so ridiculous. I make, uh, I make London buses out of old fruit crates uh, as a hobby. No. find it very relaxing, painting all the people inside. And it, it, it looks like, you know, I, I like to imagine them going to work. I mean, you know, it's it, it is really... bizarre, but he is a, you know, I, th- I think he's a deeply stupid man. I think you know, he's, he's a he's dangerously a, intelligent man. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think he's the... No, I mean, I'll be insulting you if I said he's a stupid person's idea of a clever person. <laughs> um, but he, he, yeah, he's very well educated. Yeah, he's had the kind of education you or I could never afford. Oh, no, absolutely. But, you know, I haven't had an expensive classical education. I've never learned Latin. But even I can tell that when Boris Johnson switches into Latin as he's waffling away, who was only going to Latin. He's using it in much the same way that Del Boy Trotter uses French. What we're getting <laughs> is, the, is the posh public school equivalent of Mons 2, Rodney, Mons 2. You know, he's uh, just, just saying stuff. He's not – it doesn't clarify anything when he, he uses it. It's, it's, it's a totally pointless use of it's, – it's just filling space, isn't it? And some people are impressed by it. I see him as an intelligent person in a very deeply manipulative and sociopathic way. Uh, but yeah, anyway, he, he's we're, we're getting off the we're getting off the topic. So but, but, what I'm, but, what sorry, I'm asking but, you is, are you seeing the 1997 Men in Black movie as a form of disinformation in the same way, so that if you Google Men in Black, you just get spammed with information about the movie rather than the actual thing? Well, it's certainly true that if you Google Men in Black, you just get loads and loads of stuff about the movie, which is what I'd have expected. I like that thinking. I like that thinking a lot. Um, so, are they a real thing? Well, it, yes. it's also, you know, <laughs> here's, here's a top tip for our for our, any of our listeners who are thinking of um, going into hiding, that for some reason, you know, you've decided it's time to leave home, take a long walk maybe get on a plane, maybe change your name or whatever. Change your name to someone famous. Not famous enough that it will jar when you tell people that. And don't, but, you know, if you tell people your name is, I don't know, John Wayne or Dean Martin or whatever, um, no one can ever Google you. Because as soon as they try and Google you, all they get is stuff about John Wayne or Dean Martin. Or Dan Aykroyd. Or Dan Aykroyd or Elvis Presley or... I'm mentioning uh, Dan Aykroyd for a very specific reason, which we'll come to later. <laughs> okay, so the men in black. I mean, so these and, are actually these are actually men who wear black. Do you know? Here's another fashion tip. We don't often give fashion tips on this show. It's very hard to match black. Black comes in a surprisingly different number of shades. So if you're wearing a black yes. suit and you decide to wear a black shirt and a black tie, they won't match. No, they, they'll all be different shades. No, if you buy black trousers and a black jacket from different suppliers, yeah, mm, they won't be the same black. It won't be the same black. That's very true. And going back on your, um, if you're named after, like, change your name to that of a famous person. There is a much more famous than me, Stu Jackson. Is there? Yeah, he's a basketball player in the in the United States. 
Well, we're on the name of Jackson. Do you remember? <laughs> we're not I, mentioning I'm, Michael, are we? <laughs> no, yeah, Michael. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when um, "Blame It on the Boogie" was yep. first in the charts, and it was written by a guy called Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. But it was a different Michael Jackson. Yes, um, an <laughs> older man, um, and he—he, he, I think he got into the top twenty in the UK charts. Um, and then as he was going down the charts, the Jacksons, with their cover of Blame It on the Boogie, were coming up the charts, and they crossed over somewhere in the top 30. And I think the Jacksons took it to, to number one. So obviously my, the, other, my, the other Mike Jackson was never really heard from again, possibly, because he, you know, having that name means you try and Google him, you're never going to find him, are you? Because he's no. Mike, <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, there were two versions of that song, both by, both by a guy called Mike Jackson. They're... Uh... There are more, multiple versions of many, many, many famous songs. Anyway, is, it, is this why you predicted really, this might run into two episodes? This is really you... getting way. <laughs> that's, that's digression on the digression. So, so, all right. So, is there an official agency who send out people in black I'm to come and question people who have had? No, but there might be an unofficial one. They're a real thing. I'm, or rather, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to caveat that. I believe they're a real thing. Well, no, wait wait a minute. I mean, you and I could go and buy a pair of black suits. Actually, I've got a black suit. Doesn't need a black tie. I've got a black tie. So I've been to plenty. It's a few funerals lately. Got sunglasses, sunglasses. So you and I, every time we read a story in. Then what's the equivalent here? The the Sunday Sport or something? Unless someone (laughs) having an alien encounter, we could go and dress up in black and we can go and knock on their door well yeah and demand to know what's going on theoretically um you could um so i mean it's not just the the typical description of the men in black it's not just black so i mean it's it's dark or black suits it's Hmm. not necessarily just black uh also wearing sunglasses uh they so to be fair, the only accounts ever of them have been in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not been, we don't have them here in the UK. Um, and yeah, they uh, are typically associated with driving black Cadillacs, but black mm-hmm. Cadillacs that look absolutely pristine, like straight out of the showroom, not. Um, no road dirt on them or anything like that. Like stand out, shiny. So they're obviously from a well-funded agency, and um, they don't or don't travel very far. <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if someone who lives way out in the country and their their farms only accessible via these dirt roads, mm. um, can't there are, be that pristine by the time it arrives, is it? There are other. Um, traits that keep coming up time and time again about them physically um often described as being very tall oftentimes you you most often encounter them in two or three at a time um in fact there's only one account that i'm aware of and it was the earliest account of a men in black uh where there was only one person sighted um but yeah usually in two or three quite often looking identical to each other uh, mm-hmm. hairless so, so no eyebrows no eyelashes where, where is this coming from? where are you getting this information from 
variety of different accounts. Okay. A variety of accounts. So there's an otherworldly quality to them. No facial hair, identical features. Yes. Um, an unsettling. Uh, some people have also said, like, extraordinarily large eyes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the fact that they always wear sunglasses, I have to ask, how do they know? But mm. that's a that's a whole other thing. Um, speaking or acting in a strange sort of way that's that's just slightly off. Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, where you're you're exchanging text messages or emails with someone for whom English is not a first language, mm. and but you don't know that at the time. But you can just you can sense from the way that they're using words that it's just ever so slightly off. I'm I'm thinking as an actor, whenever I've done um a job for the London International Film School, you get given a script and you can tell it's been written by someone for whom English isn't their first language. And you read what your line is, what you're supposed to say, and think, well, yeah, that's it's not wrong. Mm. It's grammatically correct, but we don't talk like that. You, you wouldn't say that. It's a really, a really odd way of saying something. It's just slightly off. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so very much talking in that way, but not having a foreign accent, um, moving in a way that that just doesn't seem natural. Um, facial expression. So, so sorry, not facial expressions. Facial features. Um, have been repeatedly been described as unsettling. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of the uncanny valley, are you? Is that a phrase you've heard before? That sounds familiar, yeah. Remind me what it is. Remind what? our listeners what it is. Okay, what it, what it is, um, it's a, I suppose you'd call it a psychological um, trait whereby a person is greatly unsettled by something that is designed to look human. So think about these incredibly lifelike robots mm. that are being created. And it's it looks human, but it also, you can tell it's not, and, mm. but nothing you can specifically put your finger on as to why. Um, that Some people are greatly unsettled by that, and that reaction... Is called the uncanny valley. It, I mean, that's to do with how how human like a machine is, isn't it? And and it goes up on a scale that people are kind of comfortable with it, and then suddenly it reaches a stage where suddenly, oh, I'm not so comfortable with this. That the the graph dips exactly, and, and if it and, then becomes perfect, mm. well, they'd be comfortable again. Yeah, but it's that it's so close. And it has to be really, really close, but that's exactly what it is, the uncanny valley. It's recognisably human, but there's something about it that just makes it feel uncanny. And it is the valley in that scale. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, couldn't this couldn't this be attributed to people who live in one part of the country and haven't really travelled very much, and suddenly someone comes to visit them from Washington who comes from a completely different background and will use different language. Slightly, you know, they're speaking the same language, but they will use different words. 
Well, the, would, would, wouldn't people be unsettled by if you haven't really met anyone outside your local area? Well, no, it's a phenomenon that, that has only come out in, in recent years because when you, when you are dealing with a human, you know, I mean, think about, um, you know, hundreds of years ago when people went exploring the world and they'd go to a country and here's people with a completely different skin color to them. They'd still mm. recognize them as human and you wouldn't get that unsettling trait oh short of bigotry and racism uh, which is a different thing mm. um no the, you wouldn't get that unsettling feeling from that it's only when it's non-human that that trait actually comes into play is it okay mm. so it's not if someone perhaps is a foreigner who no. happens to speak your language perhaps better than you do um and, and and is also slightly odd that there may be there may be somewhere on the autistic spectrum they're very 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 smart people but have odd mannerisms yeah no it's 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 not that that doesn't have the same effect not not the same effect but could you differentiate between that effect you get that you're in the unhappy valley because something human-like, it, it's very, very human-like, but not quite human enough. It's the uncanny uh, valley, not the unhappy valley. Yeah, the un, the un, <laughs> the un, the, yeah. all right, the difference between the uncanny valley and the unhappy valley where sometimes you meet someone and something is just off about them. It's nothing to do with the way they speak or where they're from, or there's just something odd about them. And also something that, I mean, certainly I think women are more attuned to this because um, there's potentially, they're potentially in physical danger when they meet someone and they get talking to them, red flags go up. Yeah. Um, and that would be, I suppose that would be, would that be an unhappy valley or that would, but no, it, it's, yeah, you're talking to someone who you really suddenly don't feel safe with. I, th I think it's the difference between. I mean, I, I, I'm no expert in this, and and I just I I can't recall ever hearing of any occasions where it's happened with a non-human. Um, oh. it, it's the difference between being <sighs> with 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 your kind of self-defense hackles going up. Hmm. It, it's not a question of self-defense hackles. It's just a question of left feeling mildly disturbed. A, a friend of mine described it as his toaster theory, that you go into a, a sh you go to a shop and you buy a, a store, you go to a store and you buy an electrical appliance like a toaster, mm -hmm. and you take it home and you put your bread in it and it seems to do everything it's supposed to do, it seems to work perfectly fine. And then one day you pick it up and you can hear something rattling loose inside the loose yep. screw. And although it continues to work fine, you don't quite trust it anymore. You know that there's something <laughs> wrong inside. And he says, well, that applies to people that he, he can, he can know some, get to know someone quite well, usually a work colleague. So as far as you get to know a work colleague, and then one day they'll say something that makes you think, Oh, wait a minute. That's, that's not right. Yep. And then they might revert to be, uh, being perfectly okay again, but they, they said that one thing and you can't forget it, that that's, that's made you think, yeah, I'm not 
quite comfortable around this person anymore. Yes, yes. I think, again, that's a different thing. This is more of mm. a... Um, it's kind of bypassing the conscious mind. Anyway, we're getting mm. a bit bit hyper-focused on Uncanny Valley. And mm. The point is people are recognising traits that are just slightly inhuman. Ever so slightly inhuman, or, or, or inhumane, maybe. Maybe these these people come across as, um, yeah, these people walk into your home and you realise actually these people are dangerous. These ah. people can really make my, they can ruin my life. We'll we'll come on to the uh, the the techniques that they use uh, momentarily. In fact, no, let's talk about the tech. Yes, so mm. um, they will turn up to people who have experienced UFO like encountered ufos or people who are ufo researchers um sometimes other paranormal events as well but ufo mm. seems to be kind of the uh the core element of of the men in black um and yes they will question interrogate harass threaten um allegedly memory wipe as well um although how you would know if your memory's been wiped. I don't mm. know. Or how you would know it was the men in black is, is beyond me. Um, and, of course, uh, not above a bit of assassination either. No, if they can memory wipe, that leaves all sorts of possibilities open, doesn't it? That you know, I had this really, really weird dream last night and these strange people turn up on the door and I think it might have actually happened, but for some reason I can't remember it, but it just sort of came up in a dream. And yeah. Missing time. Missing, Missing time. time. Mm, there we go. But, so let's let's have a look at some of the actual cases uh, where they've been <coughs> recorded. Hmm. Way back in 1947, this is the first reported occurrence uh, mm-hmm. of the men in black uh harold dahl he he witnessed some ufos some donut shaped ufos and uh, this is over in Murray island um and he was sat in a diner a few days later and he, he you know talked about it publicly talked about it openly um and he was in a diner when he was approached by. Uh, this is the only case of a, a, a lone man in black, a man in black, mm-hmm. um, that I've certainly that I've come across. Um, when he was told, "Oh, this uh, this thing you're talking about, uh, you need to stop," and he felt very threatened. Okay. And felt I mean, the need that, to might, stop. that might be good advice anyway, just in terms of you know, keeping your friends or not getting get, getting known as a weirdo. Well, there's that. Um, uh, I think this person uh, at least gave Harold the impression of being sort of a government agent hmm. of some description. But didn't identify himself as such in a particular way, as far as we know. As far as we know, um, there are, again, there are lots of reports where they have claimed to be government, you know, agents working for the CIA or, you know, hmm. whoever. Um, 
but yeah, so that but that's the first documented report. Hmm. Um, there was another one in the mid fifties. Now this is the first report of one where he he described them as this was a, a ufologist who was doing some research hmm. into um into a particular UFO case where the UFO itself had crashed and he had a piece of the metal from the the UFO crash. Um Albert K. Bender, uh the guy was called. And uh yeah they they turned up uh at his at his home uh threatened his wife they said if you you know we we need that piece of metal uh he said oh, i haven't got the metal he hadn't mentioned the metal to them they knew hmm. about it for some reason and this is before the account became public um he said i haven't got the the, the metal anymore it's been sent away for testing they said but if you want your wife to stay as pretty as she, as she is you'll get it back never heard from them again um, mm. But he described their features as uh, just slightly unnatural um, and their mannerisms as well. Uh, but, you know, so, so it seems to be a bit counterproductive. If you've got somebody who's talking about UFO sightings, UFO crashes, they're, they're telling anyone who will listen what... Um, what they've seen and then they get a visit from the men in black and say you've got to stop talking about this and they say well i'm not just not i'm not just, not only going to not stop talking about this i'm going to talk about you as well mm. well yes yeah. yes so it seems to be but you also got to wonder how many people have they spoken to and it's had the desired effect yeah but they're mm. the people you've not heard about <laughs> So this might be, you know, these accounts might be the absolute tiny, tiny, tiny tip of the iceberg. They might be. Um, I'd be interested to know if any of our listeners have heard of this or have had an encounter with the uh, the men in black. I would, um, I would love to hear. Yes, definitely want to hear from listeners about uh, that. You know, we have to assume most of our listeners have had, had their memories wiped by them. But if anyone who uh, who was able to recall something later, we'd. Uh, be delighted to hear it. Indeed. And uh, do you know what? We've got like <laughs> quite a few more accounts to go through as well. Um, mm. And I'm aware that we have run out of time. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's let's make this a two-part episode. Let's make this a part Neil. two. Because okay. um, there is a lot to unpick yet. Um, and, yeah, as you rightly say, you know, definitely want to hear from any listeners who've had an encounter with the men in black, although there haven't been any encounters for a while now. And I've got some theories on that, which I'll save for next time. Um, okay. Well, I will share with you. And uh, yeah, I mentioned Dan Aykroyd. That's going to have to wait till next time as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, join us next time listeners. When uh, we'll be, uh, Going into more detail about the Men in Black and finishing off this topic. Or, or get in can. touch if you've got something to add or if you've had a visit from the Men in Black. We'd, we'd love to have you on the show. 
Definitely. Let's throw this one open, shall we? Let's throw it wide open. If you yeah. are a man in black. <laughs> oh, yes, we would love to, love to hear from you too. Um, on the show, rather than uh, actually coming around to our houses. Definitely, definitely. Yes, so uh, so do get in touch with us, or even if you've just got opinions about the Men in Black, we want to hear from you. Uh, you can get in touch via the usual means through Facebook and Twitter or YouTube by searching Aliens Explored. Uh, you can email us, aliensexplored at gmail.com, or if you are one of our Patreon subscribers, then you get access to our exclusive Discord server. Links are all below. Yeah, looking forward to next time talking more about Men in Black. In the meantime, keep watching out for those uh, those secret agents and uh, I don't know. What I'm <laughs> but you know what? Keep watching this, guys. Catch Take you care later. Bye bye. See you next time. Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafuchi and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit AliensExplored.com.